0: Welcome to the Charlotte Mason Poetry Audio Blog, where we strive to share an authentic interpretation of Mason's life work. We thank you for joining us and hope you enjoy the program.
1: Editor's Note. Doreen Russo was educated at the Charlotte Mason College, formerly the House of Education. She later described how this training left an indelible mark upon her life.
2: I think, in a way, we took the college with us when we left to teach. The syllabus and timetables which we worked in the practicing school followed us all the way to our own classrooms. They became a way of life, I think.
1: Her love for and knowledge of the Charlotte Mason tradition is reflected in her 1992 publication Charlotte Mason, a Pioneer of Sane Education, a 20-page booklet which explored the origin of the PNEU, the Parents' Union School, and Charlotte Mason teachers. In 1984, Susan Schaefer Macaulay published her groundbreaking book, For the Children's Sake. Macaulay was, of course, not a Charlotte Mason teacher. She discovered the beauty and power of the PNEU from the outside. Her book introduced the Charlotte Mason philosophy in a unique and memorable way. To this day, I recommend it as the best first book to read about Charlotte Mason. But what might a Charlotte Mason insider say about the book? Someone steeped in the history and tradition of the PNEU and trained at the Charlotte Mason College. Well, in February 1985, just months after the publication of For the Children's Sake, Doreen Russo wrote a book review. She had no idea. That the modern Charlotte Mason movement had just begun. All she knew is that the Charlotte Mason philosophy had been restated, and restated quite well. After Rousseau's book review, keep listening. We have a surprise at the end.
2: A Philosophy of Education Restated, a book review of For the Children's Sake by Susan Schaefer McCulley, The title of Mrs. McCulley's book means much to those of us who trained at Charlotte Mason's College in Ambleside. For the children's sake was our motto, and the book's subtitle, Foundations of Education for Home and School, was what our training was all about. The interpretation of education as enveloping the whole of a child's daily life. The environment and the atmosphere in which he grew, an educational program which would nourish his mind to the full, encourage his natural interest and curiosity, and not stifle his inborn wish to learn, nor his individuality, and would, above all, respect him as a person from his very birth. We set out to teach in PNEU schools, homes, and classrooms, armed with this philosophy and provided with programs of work to guide us. In her book, Mrs. Macaulay most ably reiterates and assesses Charlotte Mason's ideas, and questions why they are not more widely known today. Not as one professionally trained in the system, but as a parent who witnessed an indescribable and electrifying change in two of her young children, After they joined a small PNEU school where, as she says, true education was going on, from which they came home glowing with life and interest, their eyes bright and their minds alert. Thereafter, she studied, tested and applied Charlotte Mason's principles in the bringing up of her own four children and has spread this philosophy among her contacts in Switzerland, the USA and elsewhere. As she states in the initial acknowledgments, her book was lived first and then written. Like Charlotte Mason, she realizes that the basis of a wholesome approach to life with children, as parent or teacher, is an appreciation of them as people. Looking at today's world, she sees all too often that children have become the chattels of adults. Their worth expressed in terms of dollars and cents the sole purpose of their education being seemingly to fit them for the highest-paid job possible. Charlotte Mason built her philosophy on a strong Christian base, and as young parents, the Macaulays had been searching for a practical philosophy of education which would relate to the truth of Christianity. But ideas which are good and true, as the book admits, are not the sole property of Christians. They are shared by those of other religions, and by many who follow no religious faith at all. While quoting passages from the Bible in support of Charlotte Mason's concepts, Mrs. McCulley is careful to point out that a non-believer can see their wisdom and truth equally well. She sees Miss Mason's philosophy and her own findings and ideas as being perfectly in keeping with the various beliefs of many peoples throughout the world. The principles of education always remain the same, The details have to be planned so that they are appropriate for the individual, including the time and culture in which he is living. While leading the reader through the essence of Miss Mason's books, yet mindful of today's world, Mrs. McCulley stops from time to time to reconsider a concept from a rather different viewpoint. Giving a short synopsis of Miss Mason's philosophy as a plan to establish a better educational practice, she speaks as indeed Miss Mason did in her own day, of the disappointing experience of much school education. But she also reminds us to be tolerant and realistic when scrutinizing any school's curriculum, for there is an overriding compulsion to meet a country's qualification examination requirements. Whether you are already steeped in Charlotte Mason's work or quite new to it, you will find Mrs. McCulley's book well worth reading, and what is more, Enjoyable as well as worthwhile. D. Russo, Charlotte Mason teacher. In
1: 1978, six years before the publication of For the Children's Sake, Susan Schaefer McCulley recorded an 80 minute interview with Joan Molyneux, 1908 to 1986. Molyneux's parents were PNEU members since before she was born and she was taught at home by a PNEU governess until she went to a PNEU school, Burgess College. Then she went to the House of Education. After graduating, she became a governess, then taught at PNEU schools. Finally, she was principal of the overall PNEU school organization from 1966 to 1974, during which time she was also editor of the PNEU Journal. So she always lived within the sphere of influence of Charlotte Mason. The 1978 conversation between Macaulay and Molyneux represents a historic connection between the old and new eras of the Charlotte Mason movement. Keep listening for a brief excerpt from that recorded interview.
0: I wonder if you could describe to me, the, uh, as a teacher, how you would think of taking a group of children, perhaps a very small family group, on what was known as a nature walk, as Charlotte Mason organised this in her schools. Was it a very structured thing, where you, or did you go out with no. empty minds and see what you could uh, find? No. Um, when, uh, well... When we were up in Ambleside, we were taken for nature walks and uh, as uh, teacher in schools and places, I've gone on a great many, and usually you want, you know where side, the sort of area you're going to be in, and so in your mind, you have ideas of things that you might might find and might look for, and I would definitely um, recommend children who wanted to would take papers and pencils mm. because you can't remember everything. And then uh, if you are going across fields in the summer, see uh, the flowers you could find um, in the hedges, in the middle of the field, and the insects, keeping very quiet, you would, and might see for animals, so that um, you'd have some sort of basic idea as the teacher and then um look out and find all that you could sometimes a lot more than you thought and um go out you know usually about an hour or something like that Mm -hmm. and then uh, very often we come back and get on each notebooks and write what we'd seen and perhaps add to a list and then perhaps brought back one or two flowers to paint in um, you know, opposite the page in the nature notebook, and uh, children extraordinary. They you know come bring things to you, and I uh, oh, what's this? Well, if you didn't know, you'd say, well now put it in your tin or keep it in your hand, and we we'll look it up when we get home. You mm-hmm. look up in flowers See, to make it a, a sort of thing that you're all doing together. You weren't the teacher, and they the children because it's easy enough not to know something mm-hmm. um, which you find on the way, and. Um, uh, be involved, and sometimes, I mean, I wouldn't, because I couldn't, but sometimes teacher and I found they had their own nature notebook, and they come back and do it when the children were doing theirs, you know, children would come and talk to them and um, discuss what we were doing, and so they were all doing things together on the same sort of level, the children knew all the time that the teacher um, was the one to whom they could refer, and That's you know, it... it um, it's quite a lot of wonder, really. You can get a feeling of wonder into it if, just by saying the odd thing. Is, mm-hmm. the beautiful flowers, fancy, you know, it needs all that water, king cups down by there, and its stem is hollow because it's got pink water. And, you mm-hmm. know, just the smallest little things, which, you know, people haven't got to have a lot of scientific knowledge, but just sort of force. something like that. Mm-hmm. And I birds, bet. of course, a tremendous interest in birds. Yes. When I was at school, we used to go out headmistress before breakfast, bird watching. Mm. And, uh, you know, finding all sorts of exciting birds before everyone's... Uh, and the other end of the scale was uh, going out at night, the stars, mm. which is... Uh, there used to be astronomy books on the programme. I don't think they're on now, but it's another thing that fascinates me. Yes. Uh, the heavens. Mm. And, of course, that... Heavens at night time give the children an enormous feeling of immensity and mm-hmm. and then you'll get some glimpse into the character of God, really, Yes, because of this, you know, he's in charge of this. Mm-hmm. Gives quite a different perspective. But do it realize? does. That it's, is... And it's one you can't really get in any other way, I don't think, mm-hmm. I think, uh, in you know, so simply, right for reading out a book, but so simply on an evening, perhaps, to look at the stars or see a clip of the moon, which happens quite often. It's so utterly thrilling, and you cannot do anything about it. It goes on, whether you're standing your head on your heels, doesn't it? Yes. You know, yes. It's It's uh, exciting, I think.
2: If you have enjoyed this episode, please leave us a rating or a review on iTunes. Thank you for listening to the Charlotte Mason Poetry
0: Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the program.